Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Next Level Show. Right before we get started and dive into the the nitty gritty of this podcast, you guys can scroll down to the bottom and check out where exactly we cover the subjects that we're going to cover today. Mike does a fantastic job. Show him some love. Leave us the a best job. <laughs> the best job. And if you're someone that's been wanting to leave us a review and has not, like, doesn't know how to navigate the platform, it's weird. Can, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a drag or a pain at first, but once you scroll down to the bottom of the podcast, you can. There's an option where you can leave us a five star rating and review. I've actually someone asked me. They wanted to leave a review. This is one of my. Um, older clients and they were asking like how do you do that and like it just kind of prompts me like probably a lot of people don't know on because it changed before it used to be a little bit different before you actually had to go to the podcast of your choice even if you were subscribed go on it click it search it as if you were a new listener go down and then be able to do it now it looks like you can avoid that step you can be on the list of episodes of the podcast of your choice you can share them some love you know, give them a rating, drop a review. And it's just a little bit simple, um, more simple. Now, boys, so, have you guys seen Cobra Kai? No. And it kind of sucks because I'm kicking myself in the ass for not watching it yet. Cause I was, like I said before, such a big karate kid fan. And I seen them pop up on Netflix before Cobra Kai dropped. And I've been wanting to, to go back and rewatch some of them. I think uh, probably part two is my favorite one. But um, no, I have not. Have you? So they, I, from what I understand, this is originally a YouTube series. Yes. Was, was there a YouTube Red uh, yes. like subscription? I don't know what's going on with YouTube, how that happened, where they were bought into Netflix. I guess Netflix has been buying a lot of shows from different platforms. I know the Kingdom show that I watched was originally an AT&T DirecTV show. Um so they were bought over to Netflix and now Netflix owns their rights. I don't know if they've completely now owned the rights of Cobra Kai. Um, I've never watched the original Karate Kid because it just, it just was a kind of corny to me, you know, once I, when I it was is. old enough to kind of understand the movie. Um, but they, yeah, but they do a good job at showing the original clips. It's the original two actors. Um, now they're grown up, which is, that's, I think, well, I was like, okay, this is cool. They actually taking the time to bring back the uh, the two original kids, and it's just it's it's entertaining. It's silly, but um, it does make me laugh. And it's short episodes. It's kind of a good way to pass the time if you're looking for something that's not super serious. But you can kind of see a little bit of some real life modern time application, uh, uh, probably from where they're from. Have you watched it, uh, Mike? No. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll I'll definitely commit to to wanting to watch it right now. I think I um I, I think I'm on episode three of High Score, the one about video documentary on video games. I really wanted to watch it one because it's not that many episodes. I think like only eight, and uh, I think it's like any time they go into like the history or whatever about like you know games and how things started. I know for more or less the the, the beginning. I've heard it all, all over before, but I want to see like when it gets to like the fighting games because I know that when. Uh, fighting games really just took off it was basically between uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and it's funny how like in most things like either your Nintendo or Genesis you're either Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter uh, as your choice of uh, a fighting game sure there was other ones like Virtual Fighter and everything eventually but those are the two main ones that started so as soon as I finish watching that I'll, I'll, I'll jump on to Cobra Kai for sure. So which was your favorite and why was it Mortal Kombat? Uh, my favorite was Street Fighter. <laughs> oh my! My favorite Mortal Kombat was two. I love okay. that one because I think that one it just took the original and just like it just took it to to new heights. So I really, yeah. really, really like part two. Part three of Mortal Kombat was the last one that I was kind of like into. After that, I was just it, it was just a bit much for me. Yeah, Street Fighter is 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 my choice. Same. I never actually played any Street Fighter games unless it was at like the arcade, um, yeah. on those mm-hmm. like big box setups, uh. Mortal Kombat was like the game that my brother played, so that was the game that I wound up playing. And yeah, Those same. I kind of lost our version of Street Fighters. Yeah, well, actually, I was just ironically that we're talking about this. There was actually a specially re- released edition of Mortal Kombat. I think the original one, um, 
because there was so much gore and the American audience had a big issue with it. So they replaced the blood with sweat yes. and they they just completely got rid of all of the gore out of it. So well, um, that's how it was for the super Nintendo version for the home consoles. The Genesis yeah. had a code where I think where you were able to put in a uh, blood Probably. or part two, part one, I want to say part two, both of them had the code, but it was a little bit, it was more toned down. Even some of the fatalities were just uh, toned down a bit. Cause like sub zeros took your, your head off with your, your spine attached. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, both of them are, are great, but I'm. I, I'd lean more towards a, a lot more towards Street Fighter. Yeah, I was more of a Street Fighter fan uh, when I played Game Boy, and I did play a bit of Street Fighters when the PlayStation Two came out with I think Street Fighters Three. I but I did play the original Street uh, Street Fighters back like in the arcade and on my Game Boy because they kind of had the same version. It was just very limited buttons. It was just kind of basic uh, controls. Uh, Mortal Kombat. My first experience was uh, for sixty four, so that was the first time I played Mortal Kombat because my uncle owned it and I didn't have a console back then. I was about four or five years old back then so kind of gives my age away there with nintendo 64 so i definitely liked all fighting games i grew up and i still like them i do own quite a few i own now the creators of mortal kombat created i want to say the dc virgin virgin um the dc version of you know all the dc superheroes um i I, I forget what it's called it's called trying to think of the name but anyone that's super into video games will kind of like be able to look that up and figure or if Gabe's gonna google that real quick but that one great graphics I have also played the latest Mortal Kombat I don't like the Street Fighter games now the Street Fighter games now are Injustice Injustice yeah I got Injustice 2, I believe. And like I think they coming out with a third. But man, it's a fighting has definitely evolved. If you go, if you really want to test, like you can beat up on your friends that don't have the console or don't play the game, but go online and that's where you're gonna really just get your your face wrecked because nowadays it's all these upgrade features back then that didn't exist. You know, now you can fight and upgrade your fighters with little different suits. Uh, little add-ons um, i think injustice was all about getting you know leveling up your player um so the games have t- have evolved from just the x the nintendo 64 sega genesis and all that now it's like you just feel stupid playing with these youngsters man you just start r- r- destroying you question yeah just don't i mean like I, the, the the first time that i played Danger online <laughs> it wasn't even all that long uh, i want to say like a, like five six years ago whatever when uh my favorite favorite fighting game was uh marvel versus capcom oh it's classic part part three in particular i just love that one and i was i got pretty pretty decent and i said even good enough i said let me just try online uh not a good time i yeah not 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 a good time so i think they have i played actually this past weekend i played the one that's on xbox i'm assuming it's for playstation as well i don't like it it's like I like the the setup, the graphics of the new uh, of the superheroes. It looks really cool, but I hate like I think Marvel versus Capcom used to be a three v three fighting, right? That's, this that's one, the I one I'm talking about. Two v two right now, so it's a kind of loses that. The only one that mimics that that speed and that type of style of Dragon game, Ball, Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, and it's like I'm a Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Z fan. So seeing like the characters, the animation, it's, I thought it was really badass. So the one you're talking about was actually part four of the Marvel vs. Capcom. I haven't okay. played that one. Part three was the last one on PlayStation 3. Part two had a 2v2 with a support character. And then the initial one, I want to say it's two on two. Mm. So I don't know, it's, it's gotten some changes, you know, over the years. I don't know, boys. I can, I feel like I can take all y'all on. And, in what? I don't know. In those fighting games. No I, doubt. I, yeah, I, I suck at fighting Gabe, so you guys can have at All each right. other. All right, Gabe, we'll set it up one day. Do you have a console anymore, Gabe, or did you kind of retire? I retired my PlayStation Three a okay. while back. That's as far as I got because I have basically uh, not that much time. Or I, I do. I'm lying to. I, I, I don't think like I would find time if the time that I can find to play that. I probably should be doing it something, doing something else. 
Yeah, that's what that's yeah. been killing me lately on getting a new the new PlayStation Five console. If I was to get a console, I would just upgrade to the next PlayStation generation. But dude, like, it's kind of almost like a guilt thing that I have that I feel I like I could be doing For something real. else. But I'm I, I'd be lying to myself because it's it's not like I've been super productive with work. I've been watching other series, Cobra Kai. I've watched the freaking I think three series in the last like two two three months so i've been kind of each month i'm on a new series type thing so i have to get back to where i was where i was you know reading a book i would have a book at least started and i would kind of go through that book every every day i would read like at least minimum of 10 minutes i would take the time to read i haven't been so i have to kind of uh organize I may go back to playing my console again because I haven't. So I feel like, why do I have this freaking console? Just a Netflix, <laughs> just a Netflix and my app supporters to watch my, to my, my feed my series addictions. But I have to finish a game that Mike bought me for Christmas, man. Before this year ends, I have to finish the other half of the game. I just have to. Yeah. It's just Mike knows that this game, it, you have to put in the time. Which it's a uh, the Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, great game. I'm mad at myself and now I'm kind of even I'm genuinely afraid to go back because I'm at a part now where it's really, really hard and I'm just gonna get wrecked. And Did you get my, to my XP? You probably won't know who this is. Did you get to Genichiro? Yeah, I did. I beat him. You beat Genichiro. So you're past Genichiro. Where are you now? Did you get to the the big I'm snake? Like, I'm fighting the monkeys. Yeah, I'm past the first part of the snake. I'm fighting the the big old apes. The guardian apes. Yes. Whew. Yeah, you may want to start over. <laughs> Just start the whole game over. Yeah, the first spoiler alert. The first one, not too bad. As soon as he screams, calls in his girlfriend. Whew. <laughs> that was that. That was. There's a couple fights in that game where, like, I literally stood up from my computer desk and let out like a like a primal scream of victory. <laughs> that was one of them. I slammed my headset, this headset, on my desk and just roared. That's like, oh man. Yeah, man. It's just that game is so well done, but it's so freaking hard, dude. It's yeah. so hard. No, they got the they got the epic win part down with the the challenge curve, the difficulty level of it, but it's just doable enough. And when you do lose, it's because you suck, not because the game is bullshit. That's like yeah. the best part about it. So when you said that you'd rather, you know, you feel kind of guilty, you know, playing these kind of things because you can be doing something else more quote-unquote productive so are you saying you'd uh, you'd rather put your efforts to something else yeah so i'd rather go back to uh more content creation no effort effort just talking about effort that's a that's a ah. silver platter right there uh, exactly yes yes effort, Lay effort, up effort. You just missed. <laughs> i wasn't looking at the screen i was looking down just really thinking about your question here but no as far as the effort thing i think that's going to be everything is sh you you can really cater and shift where you want to before we jump into i know what you want to talk about is definitely going back to creating more content my content game has been i feel a little weak lately but on the subject of content there's always something that i gain from the extra time that i have commuting i always spend a base a minimum of 20 to 40 no about a minimum of 40 minutes a day commuting total at least in the car where i'd be able to knock out a podcast episode from our people that we you know we admire with different you know different names in the industry there's always something to learn from their point of view and one thing that really stuck out to me is the amount of effort we sometimes lack in our training sometimes the effort that lacks with our clients training um, when it comes to as far as a results thing, um, I think it's super crucial. Well, it was a really good point that I heard our, our friend Jordan and Cody talk about that biggest components when it comes to programming and just executing a, a successful, I put air quotes, successful program is not about the comp complexity that you add as a coach or the little, little details. It's about if you're consistent, first and foremost, consistency is always going to be the underlying thing of anything we discuss because you can, whatever we discuss it without consistency, it doesn't matter. Consistency being the underlying thing, but then it's the effort. Jordan made a good point to talk and say intensity. Cody came back and said, I think that we can actually say effort versus intensity because if you're a new, if you're a new lifter or you're a fairly new person into the gym, 
you may not be able to always gauge safely or appropriately what intensity may mean. Intensity kind of is the definition almost of, you know, workout load. You know, it's, that's the, the load that the body is perceiving. Effort, everyone can do it. Everyone can try hard and, and focus and concentrate and put their efforts towards what they're doing to really get the most out of the gym. So, you know, the client that you'll be training and you're asking them how hard it is. We've talked about RPE, rate of perceived exertion, you know, where on the scale of one to 10, 10 being I can't do anymore, one being this is a piece of cake, where are you? And then your client tells you either a four or five, or they may even say an eight, but they were literally having a conversation with you doing uh, squats, <laughs> you know, just literally looking at you and tell, telling you all about their day while they're just barbell squatting. That's not an eight level of uh, RPE. Not so, close. so if you're, if you're really, if you feel like you're stuck or you're struggling, I kind of mini, I just briefed over this on my story and we can definitely get into it is, um, is if you're, if you're feeling like you're stuck or your program is not good or whatever the case may be, you just feel like ah, I'm, not, I'm just not feeling it. Or I'm just not feeling like I'm getting results is be check your effort levels. Well, first and foremost, ask yourself, have I been doing this program? Have I been compliant? Have I been consistent? If the answer is yes, then go to the second part, which am I putting in the effort required every time I step into the gym? Doesn't mean that you should feel like this is a chore, but even when you play, play hard, go at it, give it your all, leave it all there. Uh, you know, get all that stress out, get all that, maybe that, that bad day that you have, leave it there, put it into the, something constructive and that's a good form of effort that's you know going to make you feel so much better when you leave out you step out of that gym so for me i feel as if i might err a bit too much on the side of caution on this side on the side of effort cuz i know it's better to undertrain than overtrain so i'd rather you know i'd rather undershoot um, either a weight of uh, a rep range or anything as opposed to overshooting for myself so i actually really really do like when i'm following a program because it kind of helps to keep me within certain guidelines that I need to, where maybe if I'm training by myself that I'm not hitting or meeting, if that makes any sense. And with my clients, I feel as if it, depending on, on, on the individual, it's, I, I feel like it's a fine line between, okay, they're fine. And, oh shit, this is way too much. Like a, you're, like a missed lift. And I've seen that before. So I, I try to, that's something I'm, I'm constantly working on. And of course, every single client is totally different. So what could be fine with one, one, one person is, you know, the worst or, or max effort with another one. So it's, it's just something that you got to be mindful of, got to be careful, got to look for signs, even though if they're not communicating anything to you, you should um, look for any, any form of breakdown is the, is the tempo, look at tempo on, on the client's uh, reps, right? It, did it, dramatically get slower as the as you go up in the reps or anything like that i i actually you know you mentioned how you know they're talking to you having a full-on conversation of their day i actually use uh whenever a client wants to come right back into it like hold on hold on let's let's just take let's take a second let's let's take a break I actually just start i i initiate conversations in order for them to take enough time to kind of get back into it because i I've, I've noticed that uh, a client would want to just hurry up and come back in, even though they did put in a, a good amount of effort, like their RPE would be like a seven or an eight when that, when that needed. And they want to go right back into it. I'm like, Oh, you're probably not going to do it again. So that's, that's how I use that or, or what I'm working on of what I've noticed with myself. And that's what jumped at the top of mind. As soon as you started talking about uh, effort yesterday in your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was going to mention the rest times. It should be, something you're needing, something you're looking forward to, you know, kind of, you, you'll, you'll know when you're ready uh, to go again, unless you're on a very strict program with a you know, 30 second rest or something like that. That's obviously intended to be challenging, but um, you should want all 60, 90 seconds of that rest. Uh, that, that's, that's roughly the amount of effort that you should be putting in. And, you know, if you're somebody who monitors their heart rate quite a bit and is really on top of that, you can, you can pay attention to that as well. Uh, you do want your heart rate to go up while you're exercising. That should be obvious, but you obviously want it to go down as well. But um, I do really enjoy the people that want to go straight back in. They like put the weight down, they sit down and then they like, it's like they stand right back up to go get the weight again. It's, it's kind of funny. And I'm like, just wait, wait, please. But 
No, I, I really like this. And it's – go ahead. No, what I wanted to say, I think we mentioned stuff like this in the past. But when it comes to obviously picking something that's appropriate for you that you can apply this type of intensity and or effort in the particular set – um, if you notice that you're wanting to get back and you can almost pick up the weight again, like it normally, like, like it was the first time, then you maybe want to challenge yourself. And I, ha- I find this all very common is with my female clients. Um, my female clients tend to be more on the edge of, you know, playing it safe. You know, they're afraid of the, of the, of that feeling sometimes until they make a positive association with it. That's when they start kind of being a little bit more, um, more okay with the fact that we're going to bump up their weight a lot of times like oh no no like that's that's you sure you want to do that we're going to go up five more pounds i don't find this as common with my guys because we dudes by nature we we can like i even said in my story can be a little bit of of jackasses when we come to lifting and most of us end up getting hurt you know silly you know in the gym just because our ego gets in the way or we're feeling really good and we push that extra bit that we probably shouldn't have that day um we did over a little bit too much, but yeah, this is more common with my female clients. And I always like ask them, how's it feeling? And some of them now, or I don't know if you get this is that they don't want to tell you how it feels because if you, they make it seem like it wasn't hard then you're going to bump it up, which I will. And I'll, and I'll ask them like, you tell me like, we're, we're never going to bump it up where you feel too uncomfortable, but I do want you to have slight this, you know, a little bit of nervousness going into it. Because this is going to make sure that you're concentrating. This is where you're going to put in a lot of effort. And we're going to give your body a reason to want to change. And that's going to be the big factor here when it comes to why is it important to put in effort. It's not so much because of just working hard for the sake of hard. You should never just do things always with the fact of just just to get your yourself out of breath. The purpose should be to give your body always a reason to want to get better and getting stronger. Your body naturally is going to always be lazy and always look for the easy way out. How we have to purposely create a hard situation, a challenge, if you will, and overcome that. That way, your body then, when it comes back, you will be stronger and better than the session before. Yeah, I always have those conversations of uh, wanting to. I was like, hey, you know, do you feel that that looked good? That looked great. I think you can do more. Let's add some more weight on the bar, and to make them feel comfortable. Uh, in, enough to to do so, you know, just even go by small increments, even if it's like a two and a half. You know, it's still, it's still more two and a half. Okay, fine. Let's add another two and a half. That's five pounds. That's five pounds total from what this was before. And eventually if you keep on doing that, it'll, it, it'll definitely lead to some, some major changes, you know, and, and sometimes it's just, you know, just trying, just trying, trying it out. Like who knows? Like the, I was stuck. I remember I was stuck on benching 185 for the longest. And then I finally broke through that plateau. Why? Because I put a 35 as opposed to a 25. And I was just like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. I think mm-hmm. I can do it now. And I did like, like nothing. So it's, uh, it, it's just something you need to, to play with something you need to do. So if you're comfortable, if you're by yourself, for sure, on any of these major lifts, put on, um, put on the safeties, just to, again, play it safe in case you miss this, and you're not, you know, pinned down to the ground, or just something funky or crazy happened. Uh, but give yourself enough room to, to fail it. Like, for instance, if you're squatting, don't put the pins like, you know, super high where you're quarter squatting. If you're benching, don't put the pin super high where, you know, it's your, your quarter benching or anything, you know, that's not helping you in this kind of like situation. You might think, oh, well, just in case, you know, who knows? I don't want to go down too far. You'll, you'll be fine. If you put the safety on, you'll, you'll be okay. This is the value point that I see in hiring someone to do your programming and or be there with you or give you kind of the goal of the, of that particular week or that particular month in your programming. Right now, like me and Gabe have substituted out, you know, our programming for a bit just to, you know, give ourselves some structure where we don't have to be thinking about it. So even doesn't matter who it is, everyone can benefit from having that guidance. It just makes, you know, you just being able just to shift all your focus towards just getting it done and giving it your best. And that way you can just kind of go about your day and enjoy other things, but you're not focusing on creating this super well-designed program. On that note that you mentioning the the change in programming, I it's I want to thank you for pushing me into that because I was kind of like hesitant, I wasn't too sure, but then you're like, no, go for it, do something else. So so I did, and it's totally different from what I'm used to. And so yes, yesterday I did um uh, lower body training, and it was a lot of 
priming movements prior to the main compound movement. So before I, I did my- How much uh, did you deadlift? So I didn't, I didn't go, I think I stopped at 225 just to, again, cause I took like some break and this is my, the re, I'm re, I restarted the program. But let me tell you how smooth and easy that felt. It felt really, really good. Um, after doing like I was doing broad jumps, what was what was the, the other things? The um, oh, the, the 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 hamstring Swiss ball, and the payoff holds. Mm -hmm. So those were just it, it's amazing what those movements can do prior to the main compound movement, and it just felt so smooth. Uh, I'm I'm for sure bumping up the weight uh, for the next one. That's good, man. I know it's been the leg days have been pretty pretty interesting. I had to cut three quarters into the way so i just kind of finished up with core after my last client because i kind of didn't do a good well a good job at uh scheduling myself the best um but i definitely been enjoying the training today's kind of my recovery uh cardio day so i'm going to be doing just some jump rope some uh assault bike maybe some sled pushes and then i'll finish up with you know a couple minutes on the bag today i'm gonna start and twitching if you say sled pushes yeah, I know you were doing that today. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, what I also kind of thought it would be a good segue into this show, this particular episode, is I still hear very common things, these uh, these buzz terms or the words that marketing does a very good job at, you know, getting you to want to buy into whatever product that they may be selling. But a lot of people still believe in the whole anabolic window the anabolic window being something that's um, super, super important where your people are stressing. I remember back in the day when I heard this term and knowing that getting some type of protein and or carbohydrates uh, post-workout, there was an anabolic window that was the optimal time to do this. And this is when I, when protein shakes from in my life became very consistent. It was a daily thing. I wouldn't, I feel like my, it wouldn't even be worth training hard if I didn't have my protein powder to be able to add into my routine. And I know a lot of people still fall into this. I know part of it is the placebo effect, which we know is super powerful to get us to do things. But what have, what are you guys' thoughts on the anabolic window? I just uh, I, I just busted this up for someone yesterday morning. I, it's, busted the anabolic it, window. Yeah, I just busted face. it up, took a sledgehammer to it. But no, it's it's something we've all fell victim to. So it's something that I have personal experience with, which makes it that much easier. And it takes a load of pressure off of somebody. And actually aren't, aren't we kind of finding out now that it's the exact opposite where you actually don't want to eat within like 30 minutes to an hour after you train. So it's, it's kind of funny in that sense where we were all doing this thing and now we're finding out that it's, it should be the exact opposite. And it kind of makes sense if you think about it super super intense training session within 30 minutes of that the blood is still in your limbs it's still in your muscles and if you're going to put down a jesus even something as as heavy as like a weight gaining protein shake with milk that's a very difficult thing to digest most likely and it's going into a stomach that doesn't have any attention in your body right now cuz all the blood's elsewhere doing a job so that's going to create indigestion it's going to create issues with digestion. Um, but no, that's just a it, it, plain and simple. It's marketing. It, just like Jonathan said, I mean, be, be a supplement marketer. How do you make people buy your specific product? You put a time limit on them. You need, you have 30 minutes or you create like wasted an, your time. A, yeah. And create a very glaring problem that they have a solution for. And this is it. Like yeah. everyone else sucks. This is what you need to be having because if not, you're leaving stuff yep. on the leaving gains on the table and, and it, all that. And it has to be fast acting protein, or it's going to take too long to digest, and then then you're fucked. <laughs> I used to have uh, my whey protein, my casein protein. I used to have like a whey isolate or iso yep. whey, just like different types of protein. Because each protein apparently would absorb X amount of time faster or slower. Yeah, dude, I had but, it all. I had tubs never, on tubs and tops. Never soy. Never soy because that's yeah. for that's for girls. Yeah, or like yeah, it was just like <laughs> never have soy. Don't do that. It was had to be way. It yeah. was just what did you guys what what would you guys think when you were going through that process? And I know we all did this when you would have a protein shake or something right after your meal, and then you just get that 
bloat and then you'd have to go to the bathroom. What did you guys just think that this is just part of the process? This is what, you know, this is what it takes or was it like, dude, there's something fucking wrong with me. This is not normal. Yeah, no, it's something you got to do. It's, 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 I'm not the only one dealing with this. Everyone else is, everyone talks about it. So, okay, cool. I'm pros not, are. Exactly. They're, <laughs> they're doing the same shit. So it's fine. But I think it's funny when, I mean, can you use this to your advantage? Uh, yes. If you have to intake, you know, five, 6,000 calories in a day, right? And you're going to wait like an hour after when your appetite is just roaring after finishing a workout. Yeah, I can crush like a heavy ass meal after, after, I, after a hard intense training session, but I'm not gonna. But if I need to take like, you know, five, 6,000 calories in a day, then I'll use that time in order to take this down. And you can use it to your advantage, but for the most part, you shouldn't for the reasons that Mike mentioned. And I think it's, it, what's funny about this is that this is a, a small rock and people are focusing on small rocks before taking care of the big rock issues, right? Like how's your training? How's your sleep? How's your nutrition as a whole? And you're, you're not worried about that, but, but you're worried about, uh, you know, throwing down this protein shake within 30 minutes and you're racing, you know, just getting all, it's, you know, hurry, I got, I got to hurry. I've got to hurry. I've got to, got to get it. And then you're, you know, you're just worrying yourself about doing that and causing other issues to yourself. So it's just, it, it's just not, no, you'll, you'll be fine. Promise. It doesn't work that way, but uh, you know, that's what some people decide to do. But I thought it was, I thought it was totally normal for me and normal for everyone else to go through those issues. Yeah. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. The small rocks are the easy ones, right? That's why people give their attention, you know, just spend $30 a month. You there's your gains, right? Just take this protein shake 30 minutes after you work out. There's your gains working on your sleep, actually working on your nutrition. The, those are the hard things that require a little bit more time and a little bit more discipline. So naturally people are going to gravitate towards the easier things, especially if there's a paid advertisement, Jay Cutler is telling you, you need this product. Like, he's not wearing a shirt. Like that's okay. That's what I'll do. Thanks Jay. But no, I didn't actually like thinking back of it. I didn't really have like digestion issues. Um, I've always kind of had like an iron stomach. It did give me really bad gas though, which that is just kind of like, that's like a meme within the community, right? Where you just high protein, you, you have stinky farts. Like it's just, it just, just goes part of with it. it. Yeah. Which um, is like, it's an obvious sign. Like people that don't, Think, you know, it, we guys are nasty. We laugh and they think it's funny, but really like we're getting our, that's a good sign that your digestive system is, is something's not right. You yeah. should not actually have these putrid, like these eyebrow raising farts that are just like, just killing people around you. Like it's a sign that there's something not sitting well in your stomach. So digestive issues can come in all shapes and sizes smells and <laughs> non-smells so they, they their body's constantly telling you and giving you feedback i think that also this kind of falls into the supplement also as well as the meal timing aspect which we discussed in the past that when it comes to meal timing on the level of importance it is kind of towards the end of things that you need to be checking most thing is just having that consistent balanced nutrition then you kind of want to focus maybe on your calories then you want to focus in then on your macros. Then you want to focus in on your micros. And then you want to be focusing on maybe the meat. You can play around with a little bit of that timing of when you get specific uh, nutrients that can give you that little bit of boost. But that's not should not be your main thing. If you don't even have a consistent time of eating, if you don't have an informed like good uh good relationship with your food and what you know just get, being where you're not having these very low calorie days and then these binging days until you get those kind of things compact and getting them on a you know pretty consistent basis then you have you buying that protein shake with everything else not it's it's just not going to give you what you think you're paying for and that's the sad thing. I always have clients that may start asking me when they start and they're kind of like excited. They're like, so do I, do I need protein powder? Is that like, is that something that I need? And I'm like, you don't need it. If you want to have it there, I tell them, if you have the money to get it, go for it. Have a good protein powder, get a good source, have it in your house as a backup plan. But it is what it is. It's a supplement. It's just to help aid your current diet. That's not supposed to be, it doesn't have to be a constant thing. And it probably, and it doesn't stop with or start with the proteins. It's with any supplements, right? Like as soon as they start. So what supplements do I need? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, yep. you're, you're good. You're good. You're fine. Let's just not, we're not there yet. You know, let's just start first. Let's just train. Let's just uh, take it there. You don't want to hit the NOS button too early. I actually have, um, this is actually pretty smart. One of my clients told me that they started, they have a real bad, like sweets problem, candy, chocolate, all that stuff. Um, to substitute for that, they actually got uh, protein bars that they actually like prefer the flavor of. It took a little bit of figuring out on what they want, but they do protein bars as a substitution for, you know, Snickers or Reese's cups or whatever. Um, and I thought that was actually like the perfect application of using yeah. something like that. Cause it's actually like, yeah, protein bars, depending on where you get it from can be good, can be bad, but generally speaking, better choice than a Snickers. Um, so that would be one of the things that you can kind of, use those sorts of things for in my opinion um same thing goes for the protein shake you know maybe you're a uh, somebody who really likes smoothies and you know adding a little bit of protein powder to that it's nothing but benefit it's not hurting anything certainly um but just you know wait the appropriate time after you work out and maybe focus on the overall number like jonathan was saying instead of how long it takes to get it in your belly i think that also the anabolic window is just a there's some science and truth that your body, your muscles are more primed for nutrients. After a pretty intense session, your body's just going to be more absorbent of certain nutrients. Now, the the level of importance that was put on it was definitely exaggerated because I don't want to say that it doesn't exist at all. There is a period of time where, like I said, your your, your body is like ready to absorb. So making a good choice after that is probably the best, you know, best time to really get some quality nutrients in there where your body's just going to use that to get you right back onto the the recovery trap. I mean, the recovery, not the trap, that's a different thing, but the recovery process that's going to get you better. Now, typically, this, the muscle building signal that you send can last anywhere from about, you know, as little as 24 to 72 hours on the, typically on the, on the, on the longer part is where your body's going to be in that muscle building mode. So if you think about it, everything after that is, is a good time to really focus on your uh, recovery aspect, getting you back to feeling great. This is when incorporating good quality foods, getting good sleep, getting your body into a relaxed state where your body's going to want to build and grow. This, you have more time than those 30 milliseconds that you know, the supplement companies would stress about. So don't freak out if you don't get to eat 30 minutes or an hour after your workout. It's obviously ideal to get some type of food in your body um, after a good tra training session, but it's not as like, well, you have to go straight home or you have to pack something into the gym and eat it right then and there on the spot. There's even been some cases where if you're too extreme, that the gut becomes where Mike was alluding to is that you know you have all this you know stress happening in the body. In some cases, your gut may be also under some stress. Some, um, I can't remember the exact um, you know the details of what's happening. I think it's some type of even some form of inflammation in the gut. Um, what, so when you start in slamming food into your body over the course of time, it can create potential food intolerances with certain foods. That's why some people that could have whey protein in before or type of dairy can't have dairy five to 10 years later because of the constant slamming of that in your body is only registering that these are um, coming in on a wrong time. They're foreign invaders and your body starts to become intolerant to certain foods. This can become even to chicken and rice as simply something as basic as chicken and rice. People will religiously eat that, for example, and then constantly uh, feeding that, feeding your body in the worst possible state, your body starts to perceive what used to be okay as not okay anymore. So doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. I'm just saying that if you're someone that's been doing this for a long time, maybe switch things up a little bit. This is going to give you a less likelihood of developing silly. I, my, I would think silly intolerances because that kind of sucks if you're intolerant to rice or to meat or to particular foods that you enjoy. Terrible. It's just, kind of, you know, to avoid that, you know, just don't stress about slamming a heavy, heavy meal post-workout. The only time I see validation if you're going to hit a protein shake is if you're a person that's already training twice a day, you're going to have two uh, really intense overall, really intense sessions. Um, and you're going to train later that day. You definitely want to take care of all these little 
details and really be maximizing. Hopefully by that point, you have these other things um, locked in. And then these are just little things that you're adding in to ensure that you're not overtraining. Uh, for someone who has any kind of digestive issues, bloating, gas, or, you know, got the runs, got the shits uh, after training and after eating, you know, just give this a shot and see if it, if it, uh, if it lasts. If you get that way after having your protein shake within this time window, wait after it. Try it for, you know, a day, a couple of days. Go for a week and see if this persists. And if you notice that it's declining, if it's getting better, not as intense, then maybe this is a fix for you. And if it's not, then, you know, go back to what you were doing. It's, it's you know, you're not going to kill anything. You'll, you'll, you're going to be fine, you know. So just give it a shot. Like with most things that, you know, we talk about here, and, you know, I advocate for is just to try it out. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But just you won't know until you try it. I think we covered that the uh, anabolic window pretty well. Mike, do you have anything else to add before we go on to the last part of this episode? No, I think we covered it. Okay, cool. So the next part that we wanted, another myth that is pretty still pretty common um, is the whole muscle confusion aspect of training. Um, a lot of people, muscle confusion for the people that don't know what this concept is, is where you radically change your, your workout routine because you feel that you need to confuse your muscles. This even sounds funny because it's almost like you're, you're saying that your muscles have a thought process of what's happening like they register ooh bicep curls ooh this is uh, a lunge with a slight lean forward ooh like they're not thinking about like oh, i figured this out already no it's muscles don't think muscles you know it's you can even say that muscles are stupid they only register is a tension that's happening in the body you are putting a stress on it it's overcoming that stress now obviously technique and form matter to make sure you're doing things properly and you're engaging muscles that you're trying to work and activate. But the whole concept of muscle that you need muscle confusion to get gains is not true. Now, there is something to be said about changing things every so often, but it doesn't have to be as crazy or as frequent as people may think. You don't, you don't have to do it every single week where you're just, just flipping your whole routine upside down. The reason for it, the main thing is just because you actually want your body to have some type of adaptation process with your current training, where your body is mastering specific skills that you're essentially teaching the body to do, where it can get better and can get stronger. Now, the main things we always talk about in this show is main lifts, our squats, deads, overhead presses, benches, you know, some type of... Um, uh, did I say deadlifts? Just the main five, the main four or five, however you want to do it. The main lifts in the the main five that we talk about, we've done all like, I keep going always back and forth with any of it's four or five, but. Well, I, I say add, five because I count overhead press. Yes. So we have our squat, deads, bench, pull-ups, overhead press. Yes. Pull-ups yeah. or slash row. Any type of, yeah, any type of pulling motion. So those are going to be your main that always some type of version is in your current routine. The only thing that I like to play around with, and it's just because it makes my training more fun is my accessory work or isolation work. This is when I encourage you can do this every couple of weeks is really just change those in or change like the, uh, the angles possibly, or change the, the, the variation that you're using, but you always have some type of constant. So if you're thinking muscle confusion, meaning that you're going to take the deadlifts completely out of your routine. Now, unless you absolutely hate them and you don't want them in your routine, which I don't understand why you would, but I understand that's the only time I would say so. But for the most, for the average person, having those constants um, are going to definitely be important. Yeah. I'm glad you kind of cleared that up there in the second part, because when you say, you know, it's muscle confusion, uh, a thing, then I would say, well, yes, but actually no. Because there is like a novelty effect, right? If you, like I just mentioned how I switched up the way, my, the, way I, the, the way I train. And I'm feeling a new stimulus. I'm, I'm, I'm changing things up, not doing things how they were before. Is that a, a certain type of form of muscle confusion? I mean, I guess, right? You can kind of put it in that way. Mm -hmm. And that would be how you would want to quote unquote confuse the muscles. 
by training a new way. That's why we always advocate for phasing your program. If you're in a more linear type of style, every three to four weeks, when you feel like you're getting good at something, just switch up your, some variable of it, whether it be your rep count, your weight, your rest period, or something, and you will feel the effects of it and you will get some gains from it. So I feel like people take that aspect or that idea and they just go to the extreme, which is where every single day you do a new, something totally new and totally different. And you feel like as if that's, you know, your way of confusing the muscles and always staying on, on, stop, on top of things. No, it's, it's, it's definitely not like that. You know, uh, sure, if you do like, you know, you haven't done bicep curls in like forever, and then you go to do some heavy barbell curls, then you're, you know, you'll feel like, you know, your, your bicep just twitching and just you're like, oh, hey, I confuse the muscle. I mean, like, that's, I guess, some sort of version of it. But don't take it to the extreme where you're just totally, you know, a new form of exercise every single day. No, just be consistent, how you mentioned earlier in the episode, and just change it up. And that's the proper way to, quote unquote, confuse the muscles. That's just a, another example of the industry kind of over abusing a concept that does work. It does work. I mean, that's how all of us manage our clients. I'm, I'm confident in saying it's we're switching up the routines every so often. But it's one of those times where people go, oh, m- more must be better let's switch it up every single day. And then it's like, no, that's like way over implying. And it's like the bro split. If you put the bro split muscle confusion together, it's like the perfect marriage of just me having an aneurysm. But yeah. And it's, it's something that, you know, we've, we've all dealt with, with our clients and it's something you kind of, you know, just explain. And then of course, as the trainer, uh, you know, I can control what they do with me and I still have people that kind of do their own thing. Um, Even though I, you know, put together this program for them. Um, they'll go in and do random shit in the gym. Um, but yeah, it, it's just having done both. There's no comparison. It, there's no comparison. Having an actual program phasing in and out. Uh, it, it just, it beats it by a mile. I agree. No, I think that it's just having these certain principles in mind at all times. Um, there is value to changing things up because we need to eventually give the body a different stimulus to elicit a response because we don't want to keep it exactly the same. We know people, you know, they, Mike, you know, the, uh, the older population that's in the gym in the mornings, you see the person that does the same exact routine with the Those. same exact way, the same exact order. You already know where they will be at what time. And Those guys you- could use a little bit of muscle confusion. They need to be confused (laughs) to get the full stimulus on life. Um, But obviously, granted, they're still doing something. They're more consistent than 90% of the population. But um, it's the main thing here is just don't fall trapped that you need to chase muscle confusion. Also, I think another reason why people buy into this is because they see the flashiness of the routine. Also, they're still chasing that soreness concept, which we've discussed uh, before, but it's worth bringing up always is this, that soreness is not always the indicator of a good workout or an effective workout. It can mean many things that you've changed the routine up. That's one. Two, that you overdid, you did way more than you probably needed to, you know? So, if your sole purpose of training is to get sore, you're having the martyr approach. It's not what you always want. We do want to know that the body did something. We want a little bit of, you know, Oh, I know that muscle got some work done, but it doesn't need to be where you're blasted every single time you come into the gym. It starts to create that association where, you know, if you don't do something crazy, it's not worth it. This can kind of lead into a different discussion, but main thing is, is that you don't need to flip everything. This applies over as far as your exercise, this applies to your nutrition. Same thing that we always say is that you don't need to make, you just want to make subtle tweaks and adjustments. Same thing goes for your training. To be effective, you don't need that much. And that's, I think we've said this before, where uh, hard sweat and soreness does not equate to a successful workout. All right, so just kind of take that and just uh, just apply, you know, just uh, kind of like what I said before, where I maybe I am too much on the other side of it where I undershoot, you know, drastically, not drastically, but I undershoot a lot. Just try slowly ramping up. You don't want to start with the, you know, with the sound at level 10, you know, just go for one, two, three, four, and just slowly, slowly uh, 
creep it up in there and then you'll be okay. You know, you don't have to go to, to, to the max each and every single time. That's not how, you know, things work and just, just, just take it slow. You, you'll be fine. Mike. I like it. I can't, uh, I can't think of anything else that hasn't already been said, to be honest. These are, we're all so well learned on all this stuff. It's, it's kind of straight, straight to the point. <laughs> Which yeah, is good. No, yeah. So, and I, I think that this will be something that we'll definitely revisit in the past is we'll continue to come up. The more we work with people, the more people we encounter, it's still, sometimes it gives me, this could be your first time listening to this, you know, like what, you know, muscle confusion this is what my ex coach used to tell me all the time that we needed to do is you need to confuse the muscles. Like they actually thought about something other than like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I so, why is this so heavy? Um, you're just just the basic the basic things the anabolic window also just to kind of sum this up don't overthink it you know get your nutrition be consistent and once you have everything dialed in and you want to maximize and take your body to that next level hey it's been a minute yeah yeah if that's the case then you can dabble in with you know playing with all these nuances of your training and then when it comes to the muscle confusion part don't don't overthink it either. Just make some changes to your routine. We believe our personal opinion, we're a little biased, is that some type of big gross motor movement should be staple in your routine at all times, especially if you're the person that goes to the gym four times or less. But then if you want to play with different bicep curl variations, different calf raises, different type of tricep work, different type of shoulder exercises, then by all means, change it up, make it fun for yourself. At the end of the day, if you're having fun with it, you're going to adhere to it, but you don't have to go super crazy and overcomplicate and overwhelm. Like, damn, my routine sucks. I got to do the whole thing over again and recreate something all over again. And if you want more catered stuff, that's going to be, you know, takes that out of, you know, all that extra thinking, then hire yourself a coach like, like us. Um, Or if not, (laughs) someone local in your area, that's going to be able to uh, help you through this process. Um, anything else, Gabe? Nah. You don't got a joke for us today? Is that oh, of I'm course. This is, this is, you know, this is given. <laughs> I thought it was anything else on the topic. Uh, all right. So what, uh, what rock group has only four members and none of them sing? Mount Rushmore. <laughs> this nice. Is true. I, I actually like, like that. That was really creative. Yeah, that's good. It makes perfect sense. Perfect dad joke to end exactly. the day. Perfect. All right. Perfect. If you guys liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review telling us what you liked about it. We always appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram at the next level show. You can follow my personal page at John Alva seven. Gabe is at prime and glory. And Mr. Mike is at Mike Nillis P.